My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shack House after a fantastic PGA Championship. It was looking a little bleak there, let's be honest. But House, you've got a word from our friends at Callaway before we get this zany show underway where we're going to talk about Everything PGA, Charlotte, Rory, Justin Thomas, our winner, all sorts of good. Oh, and our good friends at CBS are going to love this show. House, take it away. The number one irons in golf, baby. The PGA Championship wrap-up episode is brought to you by Callaway, the number one irons in golf. When Callaway came out with the all-black Apex irons last year, golfers everywhere, including this dude, I'm pointing at myself right yeah, now. you. We all went crazy over the sleek, all-black look. They are back. Of course they are back. Back in black by popular demand, my friends, and they are now available for pre-order. As someone who plays the Apex Black, I highly recommend that you get over to CallawayGolf.com and take a look at these beauties because they will be gone before you know it. Also, a quick word from our good friends at SeatGeek Podcast Pals. You know that buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better, simpler way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. They have the seamless mobile experience that permits you to buy and sell tickets in just two taps. Listen, that's two taps. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. Best of all, Shack House listeners get a $20 rebate off of their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how you do it. Get to the App Store. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you have made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app 
Enter promo code HOUSE today, H-O-U-S-E. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA and beyond. And now, let's get over to the Shack House. Brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. House, how about that final round PGA? It was looking bleak. It was scary. Saturday was one of the worst things I've ever watched. But they came through with a thriller. How about that, Justin Thomas? Well, Shaq, a war of attrition on Saturday, and it's set up a Sunday. Is anybody going to go grab this this thing by the balls? And lo and behold, it, it was it was our boy JT. He was he was up to the moment. His first victory of any sort on mainland United States of America, and Charlotte feels like the right kind of venue um, for him and for for what he did. Oh, it. It did, yeah, and and you know I uh, I remember when I, I wrote him up in the golf week ten to watch, and you, even though he was playing horribly coming in, it was one of those things where you thought, well, okay, maybe the Bermuda grass, the the warm weather, my dad's a pro, uh, Jordan's just won the Open, something's gonna click to to kind of motivate him and put him over the edge, and and what a sensational final round of, of play. I mean, there were so many guys who got into contention. Thankfully, it, it was really feeling like one of those. It, it was gonna be. Uh, sort of the the car race where the the last uh, the last car standing one, and it was nice to have somebody go out and win it on that golf course and the PGA to finally give him a break and give him a chance to to attack the golf course in some spots. Although his key birdies on the back nine, to me, were thirteen and seventeen, and they, one was a chip in and one was on a hole, just just an improbable hole to birdie seventeen, but a beautiful tee shot and. Uh, I love it when somebody goes out and wins it like that, and and it's just it is a great story. I mean, third generation member of the PGA, dad, granddad were uh, were both PGA members, uh, which those people love that there. That's and as they should. This doesn't happen very often. Uh, I have to look. I think Davis Love was yeah. There's been nobody since Davis Love whose dad was a PGA pro. Anyway, uh, loved it and. Um, Thought it was great to see uh, some fun people like Patrick Reed and uh, Louis Oosthuizen and then uh, Molinari, all of them hanging around and kind of get their shot in there. That's what we hope for in a major, right? A little, a little spreading the wealth for a while. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I have two things uh, to say. One, I want to pick a, a, not a pick a fight, but pick a bone. What am I supposed to pick? You included yeah. JT in your 10 to watch. Yeah. That didn't come up in our conversation on Monday. And you know, I you know I was allocating capital. Well, I mean, he stunk it up again at Firestone, so it wasn't really a reason to to mention him. I mean, I I uh I felt like it was just one of those things you had to include him as a top player and and uh but no, I wasn't feeling anything after the last three weeks. Well the you know, he fit the odds profile that I like. You know, you know he was like in the thirties or maybe all the way up to forty as Monday, Tuesday rolled around. Anyway, I won't get too mad at you. No, no, no. You're within your rights. Well, I was looking at some live odds today because I had a play rolling along with Hideki, and Hideki leaked oil yesterday, and then he came out today, and I thought, ah, maybe, you know, but he started dropping the club. When when Hideki hits iron shots and yeah. let's go with one hand, you, you just, you, you don't need the pro tracer. You no. can just say to yourself, <laughs> son of a bitch, come on, Hideki. And there was a lot of dropping that club over his shoulder. It's painful to watch. It really is. And then he couldn't, he really didn't putt very well on the weekend. That didn't help either after really putting beautifully the first two rounds. I really thought he was going to run away with it myself. 
Well, the moment I thought uh, all the way up until the 10th hole, the tee shot that Justin Thomas hit into the trees that had every possibility of going further left, or even if it was going to be spit back out to the right, could have gone into rough stuff, could have gone into the bunker. Instead, that tee ball ended up in the fairway. Yeah. And he hit uh, on and, and made a birdie and stole you know, victory from the jaws of defeat. And I thought in that moment, I need to go check the live odds and see if I want to jump on JT. I didn't do it because the odds weren't looking that good. I mean, just in terms of a return, but you know, that, that kind of magic, when you see a magic moment like that from a guy in the last handful of groups, that's a good reason to think that something, something's about to happen. Yeah. And then the putt that, that hung on the lip for, uh, uh, according to our uh, crack uh, production uh, supervisor today who's who's working on a Game of Thrones day, which is a holiday, I believe, in the Ringer universe, is it not? That's a fact. Yeah, That's a fact. Uh, he, he informed, uh, wait, what did you get, Isaac? I counted 11 and a half seconds. Some people said 12. 11 and a half seconds, yes. Uh, I saw some 12s. I saw some 13s on on the Twitter. Uh, it was close, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I've seen much more egregious, believe me. So it wasn't one that was worth stirring up the, the hornet's nest of rules geeks. But uh, in fact, I didn't really see too many of them speak up because it was, it was hard to decipher when he started. But when you saw that, that was pretty wild to see, uh, to see that in, uh, uh, his body language, of course, his body language, you know, when he, <laughs> you know where he stands on something pretty quickly, which is uh, why I enjoy watching him. There's some people don't like that uh, in a player and they, they want him to be stoic or or uh, not be whiny, but or, or something. I don't know. I, I love that when they kind of wear their heart on the sleeve. I'm with you. And that is the thing that I think uh, is a trait that that um, has folks sort of waver about the sort of suitability, his, his psychological profile. And the same is true of John Rahm. And I think the same is true now of Thomas Peters. Do they have that makeup? Got players who, who aren't afraid to show a little emotion kind of immediately um, in reaction to a shot where they're, they're wearing it right out there. Yeah. But there's, as you know, there's a difference between wearing it on your sleeve and, and kind of being flustered that you didn't hit the shot you wanted. And then what we're seeing with Rahm and, Peters is just this all-out rage, and you know Rom walking down the fairway, bending the driver like the Incredible Hulk, and and Peters just slamming stuff. I mean, that's that stuff's not uh, that does not end well. You need to you need to throttle that back a little bit. Sure, and over the course of the season, JT had his moments. I mean, I watched him a fair amount at the players, and he got pretty frustrated at the players this year. Oh yeah, no, and and he's very streaky. He's he's a streaky player, yeah. and that's what he does. And when it when it goes bad, he gets he gets mad. And um, but if your streaks lead to you winning four times in a season in a PGA Championship, uh, then you know go for it. Yeah, and once again, I'm very happy that we have a major champion. That went out and seized it. I mean, he opened uh, the week with a 73 on Thursday and then ran off a 66, a 69, and a 68. Yeah. That is getting the job done, Jeff Shackelford. Well, it is, especially because the golf course had them on so uh, such a defensive approach to the game. And I, I really uh, didn't care for it. The players really didn't care for it. And so it was a relief that today they hadn't been so beaten down by it that they couldn't perform i mean everybody that was on that leaderboard had one or two shots that were really uh thrilling exciting got the roars going uh made you think they had a chance and uh, kind of highlight real stuff but the way they set it up with the greens 14 or so on the stint meter 
probably even faster after they cut them. I mean, they were insane. Um, and, and this is a golf course that the players have always loved. And, and they've just gradually started to, to learn to not like it. And it was telling in the comments and, and, and the way, I mean, just let's go back to Friday afternoon. We have to talk about the, uh, the guys, the happy Gilmoring, uh, the, the, the tee shot by Rod Pampling. Uh, now I don't know if you were passed out on the couch from your Los Angeles trip at that point from having eaten so much food, um, projectile vomiting maybe i don't know no but. no 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 dude i'm a professional come yeah, on now by the way, what I happened was... to this you were coming here to to experience this this culinary renaissance in los angeles and then i'm seeing you you know roscoe's and stuff in your face with no, was, with uh, we, we hit we hit the classics uh, there's plenty of time for uh you know culinary whatever we, we hit we just hit a bunch of the classics it was just a quick tour. It was great. I know. I know. No, no. I, I'm, I'm glad it was a good trip. I'm glad you, uh, the Apple Pen scored the way we hoped it would score with you and, and that the father's office uh, main, maintained their attitude, which is, you know, it's got a little of a soup Nazi thing, but it's worth it for the burger, right? I guess so. Yeah. Anyway. So Friday, you were you were passed out. Yeah. So we, we get, to, this was something that, and I, and I don't, uh, I don't want to get, I don't think Rod Pampling should be in, in trouble or anything, or Danny Willett should be. Um, fined for hitting an iron off tee because they, they were stinking it up and they wanted to finish. But when you saw players in a major championship on a golf course that was in immaculate condition, where they had housed the most beautiful entrance drive. <laughs> you and your entrance drives. It's, it's such, such an important thing to you. Well, I'm building a case here. I'm building a case. They come in. They have nobody they have to deal with. They go right to the locker room. They get great food in the clubhouse, big spread, beautiful practice facility. Everything about this experience is perfection. And so to see players not praising the course, giving you the coded, uh, the coded, well, it's a golf course, you know, and things like that. And caddies coming over to bend your ear, which happened to me a couple times. You throw all that together and then you see what happened on Friday afternoon where these guys were rushing to just, I know players don't want to come back the next morning, but to do it in a major like that, when they know their cameras and everything said a lot about how they felt about the place. And, oh, and I left out by the way, Charlotte, great town, unbelievably nice people. The volunteers there were just incredibly cool and nice. And so I, all these ingredients told me, oh my gosh, these guys really hate the golf course because usually they can look past some things when, when, when it's an immaculate condition. So I thought that Friday afternoon thing, everybody thought it was kind of fun and, and, and funny. And it kind of was, but it also spoke to how they felt about the place. And, uh, and then Jordan and Rory's comments after Saturday's rounds, pointing out that the holes were on knobs and there were just a lot of things that went on there that were not necessary. Um, but the man in charge, Johnny Harris, uh, he clearly had his say and he likes things to look like Augusta and to be fast and to be tricked up. And boy, it was just, that's dangerous because when you, when you do those things with core setups and you try to control everything, it can really backfire and you can get a, you can get a goofy golf finish. So that's another reason why, Sunday's conclusion was was kind of a, a relief as much as anything. Absolutely. So I have two things I want to uh, pick your brain on a little bit. I found it not ironic, but we we complained a little bit about trying to get a major challenge into the major mix this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Masters, you set aside the Masters because Augusta is always Augusta. Immaculate stands alone. But from the other three venues that the major championships were competed at, we were a little bit um, disappointed that Aaron Hills, we didn't see the true teeth of Aaron Hills. Yeah. 
and then and then it was uh, eighty degree, uh, you know, suntan weather in in the UK. Well, so you know, yeah. the guys went out and had a great performance, and and Jordan, you know, it, it sprinkled a little on Jordan on the back nine. I saw that, but otherwise, you know, not all the teeth, all the defense um, at Birkdale resides in the wind coming off the Irish Sea, and it just didn't come together other than, you know, a portion yeah. of, of the Friday round. So I, here, here's my take, and this is why I'm, I'm walking you all the way up to this. This was a golf course that wasn't ready to host a major in terms of the layout, right? They rushed to add length. They rushed to change the design, and the design elements plus the green speeds were kind of irreconcilable, and that's what I think we we saw in all of its uh, ugly glory on Saturday, right? You couldn't put the pins in the places that the Saturday pins were and and sort of honor whatever the design uh, intent is. Yeah. That's my question to you. Yeah, the problem is there, the design intent was that I saw and what the players were, were unhappy about with the greens is you, you, the intent seemed to be to prevent birdies. The the newness of the project, I think, was problematic in that you kind of wonder, looking at some of the contours on, on some of the new stuff, if they just, just didn't really think it through. The, the people who do the work, uh, Tom Fazio and Tom Marzolf, aren't really capable of truly great architecture anyway, oh so my. it doesn't surprise me that they, they kind of bungled it. Zinger! Oh, yeah. Now, Tom Marzolf's just a uh, guy who's just completely bungled the work at Riviera and and uh, not good at what he does and he this was his project and it's it's a shame it's just so many golf courses uh they approach it cynically house they they don't build things where you want to see a player succeed it's it's this sort of discreet way of trying to prevent birdies and and then you couple that with where the setup they kept putting uh, these these holes on spots. I mean, Jordan Spieth had a couple of putts Saturday that snapped so hard at the hole. Right. And the one thing I've learned watching the PGA Tour guys is when they watch a hole location, they don't want to see the ball take that hard left turn at the hole. They, they, they don't mind a hard hole location, but then it gets to a form of trickery when you're putting them on spots where you see that. And that's what got the guys mad. Um, that the, the conditioning of the golf course, Keith Wood, the superintendent's a genius. I mean, it was considering how little time they've had since uh, this kind of last-minute renovation, which was very unusual for the PGA of America to allow a course to modify that close to the tournament. He did an amazing job. The greens were the, – the turf itself was on – I mean, you walked on it. It was it was freakishly good. So there was no issue with, with turf grass. Um, it's just that it's 7,600 yards. They're walking back to tees all day. They hate that now, which I love. They used to not mind that, but now the guys hate that. So there are all these little elements that just that, that just screamed out to them like, eh, this is chintzy. And plus, House, you got to remember, they've been playing this course now for quite a while in the, the Wachovia and then the Wells Fargo. So they liked it at one time. Yeah, they were fond of it, right? Yeah. Here's the thing I want to say um, to put a bow on this discussion about the course. It reemphasizes the brilliance of JT, um, how he was the proper winner this week because he shot 69 yesterday, which was the day that really guys were really kind of distinguishing themselves. Yeah, it was a fiasco. Yeah, it was a quiet 69. But, you know, 34 on the back is pretty effing good. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that was uh, he noted it after the round, he clearly he was feeling some amazing adrenaline. He was nervous and he was able to use that to his advantage. He talked about just blowing it as far down 16 as he could and took advantage of the fact that he was pretty amped up. And But he, the fact that he was able to kind of control that also was encouraging because I think that's why there was that sense that it wasn't over till it's over because he has shown that he gets so amped up. 
he's so determined to win and, and play well. Uh, and that swing is so, so powerful. Um, and and it, just the slightest little twitch can go wrong. So yeah. um, kudos to him for controlling that and keeping that in check. We have a bunch of stuff to cover still, but let's take a quick break and hear from our friends at HelloFresh. All right, big thanks to today's sponsor, HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun. So you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. I like to cook. I find cooking fun. Shaq, do you like to cook? Of course I do. So let's talk about our pals at HelloFresh. They create new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes. That's enough time. That's just the right right amount of time for me. And I think the same is true for you as well, Shaq. Yeah, the patience runs thin after that. 30 minutes. That's it. 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks. Short on time, HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste. They have two full-time registered dietitians on staff who review each recipe to ensure it is nutritionally balanced. And HelloFresh delivers food right to your doorstep in a recyclable, insulated box for free. Right now, they are offering light summer meals and just introduced breakfast options. And all this is for less than $10 a meal. For $30 off your first week of deliveries, podcast pals, Visit HelloFresh.com and enter ShackHouse30 when you subscribe. That's $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Enter ShackHouse30 when you subscribe. And of course, house. Yeah. Besides your HelloFresh, you got to have some Chrome Soft in your life, as you know. And our friends at Callaway are the people who made the ball to change the ball. We know every golfer is looking for that ball that's long, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control, and that's why everybody everywhere is changing to Chrome Soft and seeing their games reach new heights. So change your ball, change your game, get some Chrome Soft in your life, get some Truvis in your life. It's a ball to change a ball. Now, House, we had some Chrome Softs down the stretch. There were a lot of other guys who played well, uh, but what this did do, I think, is kind of crystallize the player of the year race as we go into the FedEx Cup playoffs. We have one more week. We really don't care that much about the playoffs. What we do care about this week, though, House, is, by the way, keep an eye on some of the scores. There's some there's some pretty interesting names whose tour card is about to expire if they don't play well this week and get in those playoffs. Well, look, I just want to do a quick hit. You know, we had our good pal, our mutual friend, Nathan Hubbard, whose brother, Homeless Hubs, Mark Hubbard, is one of those guys yeah. down at Sedgefield duking it out. And, you know, check out uh, ringer.com, Nathan's entry in there. His story about quick hit on relegation, if you're interested in seeing what these guys are, are doing. Their careers are on the line, Shaq. Yeah, no. No, it's it's a high pressure week, and I, I don't uh, I don't envy them. Um, but it sneaks up on you too. I mean, we laugh about the wraparound calendar and schedule and all that, but <laughs> here it is: Beef Johnson, Smiley Kaufman, Ben Crane. There are all these people. You'll go down the list. You go, wow, he's got to pick it up this week, or else he's uh, head to the web.com playoffs, and then suddenly uh, in big trouble. So, anyway, that's the other side of the tour. Uh, interesting to watch for us. Not so fun for them and their their friends and family, and we sympathize with uh, with their their nerves. But I think from the the point of view of player of the year, uh, Justin Thomas now has really kind of established himself as uh, this is going to be the year remembered 
for his his incredible play. I think, although Jordan Spieth's Open Championship win is so powerful that uh, it may resonate. Uh, in, in a lot of different ways, and it clearly resonated with him. He, he, I don't know if you saw his warm-ups this weekend at Quail Hollow. He he definitely uh, had not fully recovered from that win, and I mean that in a way that it's just such a special win that I, I think he's just still in a, he's still enjoying that. And I don't think he really ever quite got locked in at, at Quail Hollow, and, and, and then he I don't know if he found the golf course in, in, to his liking either. And, of course, he said the PGA is going to be the hardest one for him to win, which which was our belief in uh, in talking about this this Grand Slam quest. This is the interesting thing, right? This, this is why the schedule change is so welcome, at least to me, spacing out these majors. We can't have, you know, we it, it's been barely two and a half weeks since the Open Championship. It has, but you know that the, it'll be a different dynam- dynamic too in May with the PGA between the Masters and the U.S. Open. That'll be a, I think that's going to be a sneaky tight little set of big events. I mean, well, it's going to get in the way of spring break for those guys. The Discovery Land Company has some nice places and other environments where they can go and okay. <laughs> and Snapchat away. All right. So anyhow, a uh, rough week for him. Well, I say rough. He was laughing, having a good old time on the range. Uh, the last two days so he, he he's very pleased with where things are so no no and he shot a 70 today yeah and then he had his uh hat on backward for the, the to greet justin after the round and i think he had a few uh cold ones and was he had a nice smile on his face so n- nobody needs to worry about jordan um now rory mcelroy on the other hand that's uh that's a bleak picture i think in terms of the rest of the year i mean for him to be coming out and saying he's ready to shut it down he's thinking of one of his people uh, told Derek Lawrenson of the Daily Mail, you know, maybe Federer's a model, you know, take five months away. Oh, boy, that's uh, that sounds like somebody who's who's just not in a good place with his health and uh, his game and thinks he needs to to say goodbye for a little while to uh, to get healthy. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about him for for player of the year. No, I, I guess I don't want to at this point continue to kind of jump on Rory. The only thing that I kind of object to in terms of the season that that he had and the injury that he encountered his calendar ended up very very full in terms of um you know an ambitious set of things he wanted to accomplish he had on his calendar that he was going to get married and i guess he had on his calendar that he was going to change equipment and with both of those big kind of life moments uh at least for a golfer on the agenda the agenda didn't really contemplate an opportunity for him to recover from an injury that he suffered at the beginning of the season. And I would have liked it. This is just me being selfish because I want the best players to play all the time because that, that produces the best competition. And I still think Ricky talent wise is if not the very best player, he's, he's one B to Jordan maybe, or one C with, if you want to include DJ, but um the the equipment change uh, is I I think I'm gonna look back on that and it's gonna leave a bad taste in my mouth because it looks like it influenced the rest of his his season here that he pressed down hard and tried to play in these events. Now he had a, a brief moment at the Open Championship that kind of looked like okay, well maybe he's not suffering any kind of injury. You know, maybe yeah. he's passed the injury bug and he's gonna really compete for this championship. And you know, he had a couple moments there, but he wasn't really able to put the pedal down on Saturday the way a bunch no. of guys did at the Open Championship and score and get himself all the way up to the, the board. And then Sunday, he wasn't really ever threatening to win. Um, and now, you know, the comments about not being able to really practice, I'm trying to reconcile 
the equipment changed at the peculiar time that he did it. He went all in with TaylorMade, you know, at, at, at that moment of the season and, and whether he was playing tournaments to kind of justify that commitment that he made um, to the possible detriment of the rest of, of his season and maybe his health. Yeah, no, and that's the ultimate problem. And, and and it only bothers me. I don't care what clubs he plays. It bothers me that he that he hasn't learned from history that so many players have who who've made these switches in in a haphazard way have had it backfire on him. And and he had seemed to be going about it the right way. It was forced on him with Nike leaving the business. But then uh, he had worked out a set and more importantly a putter. As we can see, he can he can hit um, a lot of different drivers well. But but the putter was key. Uh, and really, the irons too. His numbers on irons were were pretty lousy um, in this in this recent run of events where he has seemingly been healthy. And so, the fact that he hasn't learned from history, uh, the fact that Lydia Ko hasn't learned from history, or she's just disappeared this year. I mean, this this has just gone on and on. And this is where, you know, sometimes you wonder these players need a, a an agent that's got a little bit more seasoning and wisdom that 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 sees the big picture but a lot of them don't they just uh they see a big dollar sign and they are big dollar signs they're big dollars jeff yeah and they pounce so i get that i i, I understand that but anyway yeah, we, we've we've it, pounced too. on him enough yeah house what else you want to know about this pga and charlotte i mean it was it was a it was a it ended up being a very good week thankfully and thankfully finished on sunday night and it was a perfect ending i want to touch on two other names before we move past player of the year um just to get your your take if either Brooks Kepka or DJ get hot over the course of these playoffs, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and one of those two guys wins the um, the championship at Eastlake, what? How do you think they stack up with JT? Well, I tend to lean towards the major winner. So you know, Brooks won U.S. Open, and U.S. Open is always a big one in in the Player of the Year discussion to me. Uh, not that any major is is less important than the other, but ultimately, I think that's what will be the separator and he played well in, in, uh, in other majors. And um, yeah, his, in fact, he leads think, yeah, the entire, gonna say, is he going to be the low in the majors this year? Yeah. 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 Yep, it seems he like he should. Yeah. And so I always love that stat, by the way, only 13 guys made the cut at all four oh, nice. and he la- leads the field uh, at 21 under. Look at you doing homework um, for the show. Very nice. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. He's 21 under for the year in the majors. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I've always thought there should be a trophy for that or an award. I, to me, that's a more interesting award than 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 even Player of the Year. You know, just that that sort of cumulative play in the majors is is fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree. But with you. Uh, it speaks to a certain consistency and and overall quality of game. It's it's very impressive. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. It's it's uh, I don't know. We got another six weeks here. Yeah, my sense is there are a lot of guys who are. Uh, who've been going at it pretty hard. So they're going to, they're going to want a a week off to get a little bit rejuvenated. And I think though, that with the news that came out of the PGA last week, that the, that it was moving to May and that they're going to probably shorten the playoffs by a week uh, and end by Labor Day in uh, 2019. I think that will, even though the players now have to go through this, this year and next year, I think that will probably almost in a way, motivate them or get them excited to kind of get not uh, be uh, well really a lot of guys sit out events and the way they acted during the playoffs has not been a good look and it's been part of the the problem with this concept so uh, I think knowing that that's at the end they'll they'll behave a little bit better but 
uh, and perform better. Yeah, let's talk about Charlotte because uh, you were down there from Monday all the way up, all the way to Saturday. Yeah, I'm back here in LA now for the uh, the U.S. Amateur kicks off here tomorrow. First time since 1976 in Los Angeles, so we're very excited about that. Well, that's cool. Those that's of us, cool. those, a few of us are. I don't think there'll be many people yeah. out there, <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, it's a prestigious trophy if you know the history of the game, and it's it's uh, pretty cool that it's here. Yeah, Charlotte was fantastic. Wow, do those people love their golf house? Uh, I mean, did you see? Can you believe those crowds? on thursday <laughs> I mean, it was, it was awesome unreal. i sent you a text like yeah, check you are you alive because you know they were pressed up this is the thing that we wanted um out of the u.s open experience right you want to see the crowds you want to see the people that emotion um, that carries the players that buoys the players today as jt walked up 18 there was a jt chant going on i mean that's that makes it feel live right yeah really knowledgeable fans great great people uh they they put in some serious time Time. The on-site setup was, uh, I thought, a little mediocre in terms of the, well, it was awful in terms of the food offerings, actually, and, and the front nine didn't have enough, so there were some people with having some bad experiences, and they didn't complain at all. It was amazing. I was I was impressed. I was listening to a few of the people uh, coming up and uh, and saying something, and, and they, were, they were being very nice about it, but they were... Uh, out there early too, passionate and uh, love their uh, love their local guys. But they were they were respectful to all players. A few too many Baba Buoys on the telecast, but uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, but yeah, no Charlotte was great. You know Quail Hollow, it's it's gonna host more events. It's got a twenty twenty four Presidents Cup. Uh, it's likely to get another PGA and a Ryder Cup. And it'll likely to be redesigned again. <laughs> uh, sure. They uh, I think the fourth hole. Uh, the bulldozer might be so, you know, what Justin Thomas is driving out tonight with the Wanamaker. I think the the uh, the the Mack truck with the the bulldozer is going to be coming by him on the way uh, to uh, blow that little baby up. That was their new hole that uh, the Fazio team concocted, and uh, it you know what the green was it was bad, but it was more that they they just they just should have played it as short as possible, and that might have helped. I don't know, but. Um, great people. We had a lot of nice uh, Shack House fans. I uh, went to a fun event that uh, Cricket hosted at the Selwyn Pub. Nice. Oh, yeah. let's let's hear a little bit about some food, some Charlotte food. Were you able to get into any North Carolina barbecue? I was not. Our Friday night barbecue got canceled. I did oh. have some fine, fine Southern takes though on on things. So I have a couple of places for you when you go down there. But yeah, we had a nice. Nice Friday barbecue place planned, uh, the Golf Week gang, and uh, the weather the weather killed us. So that was a bummer. But, uh, yeah, I've got a fantastic place house, the Asbury, and the, uh, it's at the base of this great old uh, hotel downtown, the Dunhill Hotel, and uh, just a uh, really, really unique take on on food. And uh, the, the vibe in there, uh, the downtown, is a lot of fun. Of course, there was a Panthers game on Thursday night, excuse me, Wednesday night, that uh, lent a little bit of a little bit of fun to the proceedings. Every the, the bright royal blue or the panther blue comes out and uh, cool scene. So uh, a lot of fun, and there will be more tournaments in Charlotte. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the people repped hard for Charlotte. I wanted to do a real quick aside. You mentioned Shack House, the Shack House fans live and in Charlotte. Um, yeah, we did not forget pals. We have a couple of beautiful putters to give away. We are we are we have our crack Shack House staff. Busy tabulating the results. Uh, Shaq and I will put it out on the ringer everywhere. We're going to put it on the ringer social media, my social media, Jeff's social media, to make sure that the winners are announced. We have a, a beautiful red O-Works putter and a beautiful back in black uh, black O-Works as well. So 
Keep an eye out on the social media for your name to see if you won. Which reminds me, House, we might as well share this important message right now before we get to the part we've buried at the end of the show, the broadcast. Hey, when you're the number one putter in golf, every weekend is big. And it was a good weekend for the Odyssey. It didn't win the PGA Championship, but it got awfully close with Kevin Kisner rolling in the ball all over the place. Yep, 49 worldwide wins this year. I think number 50 is going to happen in the playoffs. So uh, as you noted, though, we are going to be giving away one of those uh, new O-Works red or black putters after Tyler does the computations. Thank you, Tyler. And they are beautiful. They've got all sorts of cool head shapes and, of course, the micro-hitch insert and uh, helps you jar a few putts. And they are now in stores. They've been released to the public. So go check them out from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. House. Shaq. We hate to do this. We had such high hopes. Amanda Balionis was awesome. She brought energy. She brought us last week's uh, show, all sorts of great little tidbits. The technology did happen. So did a lot of commercial breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Woo. That was a doozy. So I have a fun little message that was shared uh, with me. There are benefits to the fact that the Turner produced app for the PGA of America stunk and kept uh, crashing. They had the mic stay open a little bit hot sometimes when they either. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially coming back from commercial. Uh, when I was listening, I was I was using the app yesterday as I was trying to get back here to L.A. So I was in the airport and uh, I heard several times some fun hot mic conversations. And uh, let's just say I just got a message on Twitter that a friend and listener of the show was listening to the end of the telecast of, on the app. He's he's a young person, so he he's a cord cutter. He's streaming. <laughs> and uh, our, our friend, Jim Nance, uh, who was on the show uh, recently. He is our friend. He is our friend. He was a great guest last year. Still a great interview if people want to go back and listen. So this, this person messaged and said uh, the mic was left open at the end of the broadcast, and he was – Jim was giving congratulations to to the crew there in the booth on 18, Nick, Sernek, and the whole friends, and big thank yous to the guys for, for working the long day. And then the direct quote was, I just wish you guys didn't have to juggle so many commercials, but you did it wonderfully. <laughs> so so even Jim oh, no. recognized it was it was really a discombobulated mess. And I thought they were front loading the telecast today. So we'd get kind of a commercial-free last uh, forty-five minutes to an hour, and we just didn't. And it really is a, uh, it really hurts. What's fascinating is how it hurts the PGA Championships perception as a major. That is the the takeaway. This is the big challenge for this TV partnership. We have in stark contrast what we're able to observe, and, and you know, there's there's four of these tournaments every year, so you have to. Match up. You have to be ready to stand up, and and when uh, when the other guys are doing uh, programming and have the the uh, you know a game plan for the order in which and the the sequence in which and the timing in which the commercials are going to be pushed out, and then you subject us after we've enjoyed very much what the other guys have done. You subject us to a, a treatment that makes me feel like. I'm watching, I'm not going to name any names, but a regular run-of-the-meal kind of yeah. tournament maybe in, 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 in run March. Run-of-the-meal? <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, you've been eating too much. Yeah. I'm hungry. Run-of-the-meal tournament in mid-March or something. Yeah. You know, it, we notice. Everybody noticed. The whole Twitter notices. Every golf fan notices. Everybody watching on TV, we all notice. Yeah. 
And it's not good. No. It's not good, Shaq. No, it's not. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the TN, the app experience has the, the same four ads or three ads that, that uh, Geico ad. And they, they, were, they were, you know, and it's nothing against those companies, but you just, somebody has to realize when you, when you run them that often and then your app crashes and you have to watch, sit through the ad again, which is something that's been going on for, I think, at least a decade with this, uh, this production. It's brutal. And it, it really infuriates people. And it's, uh, it's, again, another reason why I think, Thankfully, Justin Thomas kind of clutched up. We came through. We had a great, clean, strong finish. And a lot of guys played really great to the end. You know, good story. And Chris Stroud, our our former Shack House guest, Kevin Kisner, played great right up to the end. Could have hold out that shot on 18. By the way, I was a little surprised at all the celebration with Kisner still down on 17 with a chance to go birdie-birdie to to uh, to tie i was a little a little surprised at some of the premature celebration but uh you know i those last two holes are kind of tough so i understand birdie birdie's probably not very realistic uh but anyway but 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 to the point a lot of guys clutched up hideki you know put on a good show for for most of the uh the the, the tournament and uh ricky made a nice charge there at the end and so they they kind of rescued it but i still think that uh what people need to realize is that we have two more years of this and then the uh, the contract will switch to a new contract. It'll be with CBS or NBC or um, who knows what in two years where it'll be. But they're they're going to open that up. And CBS and TNT have have a, a great contract right now for them, and they've refused to, uh, as I understand it, renegotiate it to maybe cut down on these breaks or go to limited commercial interruptions. And I think ultimately, House, that's going to be the big thing to watch with this uh, this this May tournament switch. I believe my theory is that the PGA of America will go to presenting partners and have just three sponsors and and uh, limited commercials in that in that next contract, and that'll really help the the championship feel like a major because it, right now it it feels like a, a a normal tour event the way it's presented to us in terms of uh, um, the flow of the telecast and the look of it and uh, all that. So I know I agree. And the uh, Twitter outrage was, oof, man, it was unprecedented this week. So It was proper. We're going to run away, but I want to give a quick shout out to our boy, Patrick Reed, because you reminded me, speaking of guys that we've had on the the podcast, we uh, had a beautiful 67 today. Yeah. Now, uh, five guys shot 67. That was the low round of the day. Um, but that's Pat's uh, best finish in a major in his life. So uh, welcome to the major scene, Patrick Reed. Yeah. I think a little overdue in in the minds of a lot of people because he's so talented, but, but a a great finish. I really thought he was going to kind of be one of the ones that forced his way into a playoff there at the end. And, but that 18th hole is so hard. It was hard. Uh, And then, and then ultimately Thomas kind of put it away with that birdie on 17. But uh, yeah, again, another guy with a great charge on Sunday and, and good for him. And maybe he'll build on that and, and have a good playoffs and make the president's cup team because we know he likes his match play. And we know people want to see him in that. So it should be an interesting kind of a postmortem on this PGA where, where, where people uh, come off from it in the year. But I think all in all, a great year in the majors. And uh, we'll have a little bit fun here with some of the events in the fall. But uh, a sensational, really, actually, now that I think about it, major season in that we we, we had very distinct stories and uh, storylines. And, and uh, we got some of the young guys to uh, get the monkey uh, off their back. And we want that. Uh, don't want that that kind of dreaded, Will he ever win a major thing? Which just drives me nuts, as you know, House, that we even mention anybody under the age of thirty as a best player never to have won a major. I just think it's, I think it's, it's lame. But uh, that's just me. So it's not fair. We're not going to do yeah. that. We're not going to do no, that. We're no, going to no. end on a high note. Yeah. We're going to end on a high yeah. note. Check. 
So uh, on that chipper yeah. note, is there anything else you want to cover? Anything else? Uh, did you leave anything behind here in Los Angeles? I did leave my uh, laptop cord in Bill Simmons' office. Nice. So if, you, if you're over at Ringer headquarters, you can send that to me. I left, uh, I left my dignity. I left my diet. Um, I left. Uh, I probably should have had heart pills. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't work that. Anyway, stash. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, I'll bring that next time. But no, that this was a. It was an awesome trip to L.A. and an awesome uh, PGA Championship. Yes, I agree. House, absolutely a great PGA Championship. Great week. Great season. And uh, I'm thrilled that we could share it together. But that means. I'm not making this sound like we're done with Shack House. We've got more Shack Houses on the of schedule. Course. Yeah, yeah, because everybody needs a little bit of Shack House. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.